I'm a little bit of Southern, and I'm a little bit of West Coast, and together we're the Nashville Darlings. Welcome back to the Nashville Darlings. This is episode six. We are so happy that you are joining us this week. Hey, Leslie, how's it going? Hey, Roxanne, I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I am doing really good. I'm just going to start this episode off with the fact that I feel like a much lighter woman today because I shared that I am big secret secret (laughs) that I am pregnant and we are so happy and excited and I shared it last night on Facebook um, purely for the reason that I had purchased a bunch of dresses recently and I tried them all on this weekend and you can definitely tell that I'm pregnant and I can't hide it anymore. (laughs) I have had to keep this secret for, (laughs) I don't know, two or three weeks now. Yeah. And it's been really hard. I know. And I'm really sorry. (laughs) Because I would be like, "Uh, how are you? And then there's people around. I'm like, no, but really, how are you? Really? Yeah. (laughs) How are you feeling? Yeah. So I'm happy that the secret is out now and I can just let your belly hang. Let my belly hang out. And it's just so much fun. And Carson started TK. TK. What? But what does the T stand for? I think it stands for transitional. Okay, cool. So transitional kindergarten. Yeah, so he officially started today, and Mm -hmm. you just got a picture of him. And I thought she was squealing over at the restaurant we were talking about. (laughs) Um, No, it was Carson. He looked so cute. Yeah, he he actually, he went right in. I was, because you know, like normally on the first day, everyone's a little jittery, but I think because for him, school never really stopped. Preschool just kind of rolled into TK and we never took a break, but yeah, he just walked right in today and I'm so excited because now he has um, other little boys in his class and he's been kind of, he's been, his preschool class, there was maybe one boy and I don't think he was particularly good friends with him. So now he's going to have the full school experience. Oh, I'm excited for so him. Thrilled. Yes. He's going to learn so many new things and then come home and share them all with you today. Yes. Yeah. He's going to learn a lot of um, also probably really gross things, too. So. Well. Boy I mean. things. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh. Barrick learned in kindergarten last year. This isn't appropriate. Um, he came home, and the thing with the boys was walking around and saying, D's nuts. And I thought, they are five. So I can't wait to hear what Carson comes home with. Hopefully it is not... these um, nuts? these nuts. <laughs> How old is that? I, feel I like mean, it's old. It's really old. It is really old. And they're still saying it. And they're still saying it. That is so funny, though. Oh no, my I, was, I was pretty mortified oh no (laughs) I was like I can't believe you said that so then we had to have the talk about little girls and what you can say around them and what you can't say and what's appropriate and you know when there's little girls around you just can't have those conversations no no I know Carson he's been um his favorite show right now is Lego City it's Barracks oh yeah or Ninjago maybe both of them yeah yeah Yeah, both of them (laughs) One episode that he requests to play over and over is this skunk that does what skunks do. They spray. They spray. But there's in the show, there's a sound effect. So now Carson is going around <laughs> acting like he's a skunk and making the sound and oh pointing his little booty in different directions. And I am <laughs> like, you cannot do this. Oh, man. Yeah. He's going to do it at school one good time, though. Oh, yeah, he is. On the playground. He will, yeah. for sure. For sure. That's cute. They're yeah. adorable. They're yeah. adorable. Aww. Well, what about this week? We talk about things around town going on in Nashville. Um, the talk around town? The talk around town. The talk around town. Yes. Yeah, so if you are not in the Nashville area... Um, congratulations. You probably traveled with, you know... Um, 
great ease. If you are in the Nashville area, you probably experienced all of the things that happened. There was the UFC fight. Mm-hmm. Then there was the three-day... Am I saying this right? IndyCar race? Like, I don't know because I'm not into it. But it was the Music City race. I think, I, I think that's right. It's an IndyCar race. Yeah, and they yeah. go across, like, the bridge, and they race all over town. And um, so there was that big ordeal, and it was chaotic downtown. Did you go? I did not. My niece did come into town, and they went to the UFC fight, and they said that was just so much fun. But we never even heard about it, and I think it was overshadowed mm-hmm. by this race. Mm-hmm. So um, a couple of our agents here at the brokerage, they they got tickets to go to the race. So I think they had a lot of fun. It looked like a really big event. It like, looked really hot. It did look really, really hot. But, you know. I mean, we were kind of bummed, and then we were like, mm. we would have had to stand outside of that. And, like, I just think about where where would you have parked? Can you imagine? No. We went to the Garth Brooks concert one time, and we probably had to park three miles away and walk. And then people had waited for two hours, two, two and a half hours in traffic. And by the time they actually got to the stadium, it was Nissan Stadium, Mm -hmm. where the Titans play, um, a massive storm rolled in. Like, what are the odds that, you know, that's what rolls in um, when Garth Brooks is playing? But And we were all, like, huddled up underneath – to ride out the storm. He never played, and I ended up with COVID the next week. So that was, like, the oh last time I decided I was doing a big <laughs> event in Nashville. <laughs> I have still yet to go to a big, like, really big event in Nashville. It's, it's like, sad to say. But I feel like every single time there's been something that comes up that I want to go to, either a babysitter bails or something like that, or the weather looks like it's not going to be great. And, like, I would have loved to go to that IndyCar thing. Like, I love car racing and all that kind of stuff. Um, But at the same time, at this point in my life, (laughs) like, being nauseous all the time, I don't think I could have, like... I think if it had been maybe, like, a night race... That would have been fun. That would have been fun. But I don't know how you do that. Yeah, I don't know. They do it. Well, NASCAR, but, like, IndyCar, I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we're not race experts. No, we're, we're not. Although I am, I am so excited. We bought tickets for Formula One <gasps> in Austin. Stop. Mm-hmm. You okay? So I'm I'm gonna pause you there for a second because I need to know how much these tickets were. We were going to go to the one in Vegas next year, and those tickets it was like six thousand dollars a person. Mm-hmm. We didn't spend six thousand dollars a person, probably because it was not Las Vegas. Probably because it is Austin. I feel like, I when feel like that? it's in October. This October. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I might have an early anniversary gift for my husband. He doesn't listen to this. That's so fine. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because, well, we actually did it because when I was researching Formula One, you can buy like the packages. Mm-hmm. I actually think that makes more sense if you're going to go to Formula One in another country. Like, if you look into the cost of going to buying one of those packages and going to Italy or one of those um, European countries for those um, circuits, the cost is the same as it is here. It's a lot cheaper over there. And you get more. You get to stay in, I think one of them, you're staying in the Ritz-Carlton, you have shuttling taking you to the main grandstand you have certain meals included and it's a whole like three or four day event and you're spending between three and six thousand over there which i think would be a much would cooler be worth experience it. Yeah. than i mean austin will be fun las vegas would be cool but it's not it's not italy you know yeah, so not, no. i think look into that because that's what matt and i are actually looking at next year is trying to venture out but now that I'm pregnant, that might change things. But maybe the following year, do it yeah. over there. The following year, not next year, but the next year is our 10-year anniversary. And so we had discussed maybe doing two weeks in Italy. But that might be something to look into if there's, like, a race over mm-hmm. there. Um, but I'm going to have to look into Austin because my in-laws live about an hour away from Austin um, in New Braunfels. Mm-hmm. And I can leave my kids there (laughs) 
and go to this Formula One race if I wanted to fly them all out That's there. perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. And we did it kind of split up. We didn't do a package. So what we did was we just went on, I think I just went on StubHub and I bought like, like the, grand the individual tickets for each day. Okay. So on one day we're in this grandstand and on this day we're on this turn or whatever. So we did a little bit more piecemeal and it actually ended up being a lot cheaper that way. And we're not staying in like a super nice hotel this time. We just wanted to go. We just no, my husband's always like, it's just a place to sleep and shower. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But I don't even know that we would have to, we would have to get a hotel. I can just drive. No, because you already have accommodations. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to have to look into that because I was pretty bummed when I looked at the Vegas prices. So that's, that's nice to know. Join yeah. me in Austin. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're pregnant, so <laughs> we won't be getting wild. I can be the DD yes, if you want to go somewhere. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into that really happened. What do you have for us, Roxanne? So my story is when I was showing some land and it was to an older couple and I was going to show them two different lots, maybe about an hour and a half west of Dixon. So I was going to be going out on my own and my husband at the last minute was like, you know, I don't really know if I love the fact of you driving out to meet these people that you've never met before. Um, Why don't I come with you? It was on the weekend. So we drive out and they come out of this van and they're very nice people. But the whole time, this was probably a three hour showing by the end of it. They wouldn't stop talking. And you're just like, please end this please end this please at that point just please end my life because I couldn't <laughs> like I could not deal with these people and not to be mean but I have never experienced a situation where I was talking to someone and there was no breaks and continuous talking for three hours but not even that they were repeating a lot of the same thing over and over and over again mm-hmm. so I think there was something else going on there but then they started to share about where they were going in their van, where had they where they had come from and then where they were going next. And this was something that they loved to do together. They go to these gatherings. They were with a religion I was not familiar with. And as they started to explain these gatherings more, I got a very cult vibe. <laughs> from it i'm glad they didn't put you in their van and take you to join them can you imagine if i had been by myself what Mm. could have but i mean they were very old so i'm i don't think something would have happened but who knows maybe they had someone else in their van that i didn't know was in there you know just hanging out but it was a very creepy did you end up selling them property no no, because they, at the very end, of, well, actually, while we were going through it and we're walking it, they didn't seem interested in the property. I had to keep telling them, hey, this is where, you know, I was looking on my little map. Like, this is probably where the property line is somewhere over here. This is this. This is a feature of the of the property. They, they weren't. They didn't care. They didn't care. All they wanted to do was talk the whole time. That's bizarre. So, what if you were alone? Yeah. What if I was alone? What mm. could have happened? Thank God my husband was like, I'm going with. I'm going with you. Definitely got creepy cult vibes. Um, and yeah, that really happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is more paranormal. Par- paranormal? Parano- paranormal? Paranormal? Par- paranormal. Yes. So I was reading, um, we have these groups right on Facebook for real estate and every so often they will like tell a creepy story or and I'm like how often does this really happen 
So maybe it's not like that really happened, but like how often does this happen across <laughs> the world? And like they're all sharing their stories. Like drawers came flying out or I couldn't get the door open, but like it wasn't locked and it wasn't jammed. It was like something was holding me in. Or um, one agent said that they went down into the basement and when they came back up, it was like all the lights just shut off and they got like this cold chill over their entire body. And then like two seconds later, the lights flick back on and like everything's normal. And it's like, so I wonder how many homes do you think are haunted? I'm going to go with one out of every 20. Somebody's died. (laughs) Somebody built on the Indian land. There is that. Mm -hmm. Indian burial grounds. I would say, I mean, I I actually think it could be less. I think it could be like one in 10 or something or or less than that. Because also, I've I've watched a few of those shows. (laughs) They talk about, it's like the medium and they talk about the afterlife and stuff like that, you know, and they're talking to people on the other Mm -hmm. side. And I think that, you know, it really can reach back like hundreds of years too. It it doesn't necessarily have to be like something recent. Someone died in the house. It can be someone from like the 1700s decided to come back and so have you how many generations of families have lived in that house since then well and and here i guess here in the south it's more common to take on grandma and grandpa's house you know they live these homes were built in the early 1900s if not you know maybe not before that i think the oldest home that i've showed here is 1920 oh really Mm -hmm. and i think there's one downtown dixon it's 1904 if i just looked at it correctly i looked at it the other day and so yeah i mean how many people have lived there well and then like what if the other thing i always think about too is like what if someone died in the neighboring house and the ghost doesn't like that house but they want to go and hang out in the other house Mm. have you watched (laughs) i think they travel (laughs) um do or have you seen that netflix um surviving death yes (gasps) You have? Oh, it's so creepy. It's um, but that's what it made me think of because I was watching it and I just ended up with chills. And, like, these people are, like, seeing people or talking to, to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very real. I mean, I think there are also, like, some of these hauntings that seem like they could be friendly ghosts obviously people just who inhabited this area and they are stuck here for whatever mm-hmm. reason. There are some that I've seen these stories where it seems a little bit more malicious with like the like drawers flying out or something like goes they don't flying want across. You here. They don't want you there. Yeah. And I wonder how many have actually gotten like dangerous. Well, I read one probably eight months ago where they wanted to sell the home, but like really couldn't sell. No, like nobody wanted to buy this home. But in, in the middle of the night, like, these children would wake up with scratches all over their bodies um, or feel like somebody is pulling their leg and, like, pull, like they're being pulled. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, does That's that weird. really happen? I think so. Have but it just got had, me thinking when I was reading it. Have you had a paranormal experience? Oh, yeah, I got the chills. You um, just did. I just saw it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually saw... A very um, popular uh, medium here in Nashville. And he's like a seventh generation medium. And I saw him last year and it was, oh man, yeah, I got the chills and I'm not going to cry. But it was, for me, it was a life-changing moment. So I think Mm -hmm. in that moment, I realized just how real Mm -hmm. it is. and for reference, like my dad passed That's away. And cool. so I, I always feel him like with me in certain moments, yeah. but I walked through the door and this is how I knew it was real. There's no way this guy has time to like go look you up on Facebook to dig through. If I mean, he stays booked out a year to 18 months at a time. So I waited 11 months to see him and he sees like, you only get, um, like an hour session and he's booked solid for like nine hours. 
Um, so when I walked in, he looked at me and he goes, your dad is jumping at me. He goes, but I have to sit down and I have to like, I don't something about a white cloud or something. I don't know. And he has to like say a certain prayer and he's actually like very religious, but, um, before he could actually like have those conversations with me and he's like, he is just jumping to talk to you. And I was like, Oh, this is real. Cause you see it on TV. Right. And you hear people talk about it, but I follow, I watched that Tyler Henry. I don't have heard of him. No, he, he, I really like what some of that's some of those people that I've seen on TV. Like I definitely wondered if they were the real thing, but this Tyler, I think his name is Tyler Henry. He just something about him, something about his demeanor, something about the way he talks to people. And then he also like, he'll, he'll scribble Mm -hmm. at the same time. And I, it's obviously like, there's just different wavelengths and things going on with him, but that is so cool that you had that experience. I've always wanted to Oh, you should do it. So Frank, his name's, did I say Frank Castellano? Mm -mm. Okay. That's who it is. He would look, I mean, and he's looking in different, he's he's not really looking at you as he talks. Mm -hmm. He's looking in different directions. And so that's kind of how you knew he was, something was going on and he was seeing stuff, but he also like talked about your spirit guides and he told me that I have two spirit guides and most people only have one spirit guide. Um, and man, I have the whole thing recorded. It was so cool. Um, so would I ever go back and do it again? Probably not. Cause I got the answers that I needed, yeah. but if you are like on the fence about it, I think you should do it. That is so yeah. cool. I love that. Yeah. So anyways, all right. Well, this is this is a very weird uh, transition. Hey, we are coming up on Halloween, right? I According know. to everyone, everyone, and then basically it's New Year's. So. Yeah. This week, we are so excited to have Karen Adkins of Moss and Embers Home Decorum, a wonderful shop in Burns, Tennessee, in the studio today. Karen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you and <laughs> Leslie so much for allowing me this opportunity. I'm very excited. Absolutely. Um, so... We're just going to jump right in. Karen. Well, hold on. Let's not, this isn't to be confused with Moss and Opal of last week. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not Moss and Opal. Oh, this is Moss and we, Ember. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we threw two Mosses at you. So, yes, new. You don't want me to do your hair. <laughs> <laughs> we just want her to sell us. Although you goods. do have very nice hair, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it, but you don't want me to do your hair. <laughs> I could help you with your house. <laughs> awesome. So, Karen. Yes. You have this beautiful shop in Burns, Tennessee. It is a beautifully curated store of home goods and clothing, and you have kitchen items, world-class kitchen items, I would say. I think so. Yes, you have a wonderful she shed with bath and body products. I mean, you have garden products. You have everything in this store. And how I first stumbled on this store was literally, how long have you guys been open? So we actually opened on October 19th, or sorry, October 12th of 2019. Okay. And, you know, six months later, COVID. That's right. Okay. So we had to close for about six months. Oh my gosh. But we were able to do online. Or private shopping, but yes, it was... Gosh, that sounds about like us. Yeah. Yeah, it's so... I think I had just... I think I discovered you just by driving by the store, probably when it first opened. The pink doors. Yes, the pink doors. (laughs) And I was watching you on Facebook, too. Like, you were posting, and Mm -hmm. I was super excited about this store coming in. So, can you share with us kind of the... The story of the store, how it started, where this dream was formed, and how you've gotten here today. Yes. Well, I've always loved home decor. I've always loved decorating. I've always imagined having a store, but, you know, just I was in healthcare. My husband and I were both in healthcare. Not exciting. (laughs) Um, But it, you know, definitely was just the path that we were on. And then when he retired, um, he would say, you know, folks come over to the house. They love what you do. They always say you should have a home store. 
what do you think if we open one? Well, I didn't know anything about retail. I didn't know anything about how to even begin. So we originally thought we would just do something online and found out fairly quickly that you can't really do that, that most of those uh, vendors want you to have a brick and mortar. So, you know, Dan found the store in Burns. It was in pretty rough shape. And because uh, it was a former daycare, if I was. remember correctly, yes, it correct, was. it was, yes. And before that, it was like mercantile, apparently. Huh. Um, so we bought the building and just need, knew we needed to sort of gut it and just just do a lot of work on it. So um, we did that, and it was a process to get through all of that. And um, and then we opened it on you know October twelfth, and it was. Um, just kind of it's been a whirlwind you know it's trying to learn the different vendors it's trying to learn what you want your store to be i was uh, a little you know it's sort of like when you put yourself out there you don't know how people are going to respond you don't know if they're going to like what you're doing so you're nervous and you don't you don't know you want people to like it because it's a reflection of you and what you like and your mm-hmm. picks and so you hope that that resonates with people mm-hmm. so um you know, we did that and got it opened, and it was uh, didn't have really much in it. You know, when we first opened, it's a little different now. We've kind of packed full. <laughs> but it was just always something that I loved, and one of the things that I think make us unique is that we change it up a lot. We don't like to keep the same products over and over. We don't like to keep the same uh, styles. We don't like to have the same displays. So we're always trying to up our game, if you will. Keep it fresh. (laughs) Keep it fresh, yes. I love it. Yeah. And so the store, would you say that the products that are chosen, they're all handpicked by you? Yes. So you are the merchandiser. You are the one contacting the vendors. Would, Would you say that every single item in the store is something that's just a direct reflection of something you'd have in your own home? I would say that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, I may not have it right now because I may have just discovered it, but it would definitely be in line with something that I love that I would want for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and I I think it's really cool. So I, I want the audience to know too that, so you are not originally from Tennessee, you have a very interesting story, and I think that that lends itself to the store. I think a lot of um, the different types of vendors that you bring in. So, Karen, where are you from? I'm not really from anywhere because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a military brat. My father was Air Force. and Same. Yeah, really? <laughs> yes. Awesome. Go Air Force. Yes. Yeah. And my mother is was born and raised in Dublin, Ireland. <gasps> That's oh, even that cooler. Okay. Like, <laughs> she gave that. us a cool fact before we started. Now she gave us an even cooler Another fact. Another one. She talked yeah. a little bit like a leprechaun. Oh, my gosh. So um, my father and my mother met in London. And so then they traveled around. After they got married, they traveled around. And when my father had an opportunity to go back to England, he took it so that my mom could be closer to her family. She had family in England and in Ireland. And uh, so he just kept extending his tour. So I spent, you know, my entire childhood and, you know, over there, my oldest brother graduated high school over there, came back for college. And then I think I was a sophomore when we came back. So I was going into my junior year in high school when we came back, went up to upstate New York. They retired in Florida. And then I got up to Franklin, Tennessee. <laughs> That's quite the journey. Quite the, the global trek. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. So, And I noticed in your store, you have a lot of European influence. Definitely. And, you know, things from, you know, the UK as yes. well. Um, is that something that you st- when you started the store, you knew you wanted to bring in Definitely. those overseas vendors? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know how to find them, mm-hmm. but I knew that... Um, every time that I find one, I, I'm just like, I want some of that European influence in there. I just think it helps make the store a little bit more unique that you have vendors from everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
I think that you can come into some of the stores. I'm generalizing stores in Tennessee, and you're going to find stuff that's all very similar. Yes. And what it sounds like is to walk into your store, it's you're not going to expect what you would expect in every other store, which is super cool. Yeah. I, I think there's a certain expectation that, you know, you're going to bring in things that are local. You're going to have a lot of those Tennessee influences, dolly things and local chocolates, local vendors, you know, things like that, which is great. But as you said, if you go into every store, pretty much that's what you're going to find. You're going to find those things. And I think people want that when they're looking for a gift for somebody visiting from out of the area or something like that. But I also think that people are looking for and appreciate seeing things that come from other parts of the that world. That are unique. I don't want somebody to walk into my house and go, oh, that looks like everybody else's yes. house. Like, oh, I have that. <laughs> yeah. I bought yeah. that, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's one of the things that we we purposely do. If we buy mirrors, we won't buy the same mirror repeatedly over and over and over again because if somebody does buy it, you don't want to feel like your neighbor's going to come in and buy that same mirror and then, you know, Yeah, you want to feel special. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's like one of the things about your store. I love coming into your store and using it as it's pretty much, you know, not to like call out any other stores, but like, or say that I don't shop there, but I do shop at yours a lot because it's like the perfect place (laughs) to buy a gift that I can't find somewhere else. So I think you've done that really, really well. Can I ask, this just like popped into my head. Do you remember when you were setting up the store what the first product was that you bought for the store? Wow. The very first product. I don't think I remember. <laughs> I, know we, I know the vendors. I know the first vendors that we bought from. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, it's kind of funny because I don't know if you guys know this, but Dan, my husband is in the shop with me and he has a financial accounting background. He's a CPA, but that's not how he worked. He worked in finance and healthcare. And, um, so he's always had upper level executive jobs. And it was kind of funny when we opened the store, because when you go to market, I don't know if you know this, but if you go to buy a product, there's a minimum. Mm -hmm. So they'll say, You have to buy three of these or 12 of those or 24, depending on what it is. And this is not something he liked as a numbers man going into a business that he had no idea if this was going to even make it. So he wanted to buy, you know, like one spoon, one chair, (laughs) one rug. And hopefully if you sold out of that one spoon, then you could go back and buy two spoons. But they don't do it like that. They'll say these spoons come 24 in a package. Yeah. You know, (laughs) he's like, wait a minute. This this overwhelmed him. Are we going to sell all 24 of these? Yes, you better sell 24 spoons. So I think that once he saw that what we were getting was selling, Mm -hmm. he started to have, I don't think it was that he didn't have confidence in me, but I think he was just trying to be very careful. But then he got to a point where he would say, if you feel good about it, you know, if you think this is something that people are going to like and want, mm-hmm. then go ahead and get it. And he also raves about you. I walked in one time and um, I had to get a gift card for a closing gift. Um, and so I walked in and you were in the back dealing with UPS. You were <laughs> you were not happy with them. <laughs> and... He just raved about you and talked about how you had just done such a great job with the store and you always had just the best. I mean, he, it was the sweetest thing. He was yeah. very proud of you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he's actually the unsung hero. I think he doesn't get enough credit. So here I am on a public <laughs> podcast giving him credit, but he does so much from just the besi- behind the scenes, you know, the financial, paying all the bills making sure, you know, we can buy the things that we want to buy. But he also break, you know, takes all the boxes to the dump, the not the fun jobs, mm-hmm. the hauling off the styrofoam, yeah. the unpacking boxes, and all the crazy ideas that I get to, let's move these 15 big cabinets over here and move <laughs> this here. He'll, you know, try to make all of those visions come true as much oh. as he can. So That's nice to have, like, a partner that yes. you can just 
count on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's a good guy. How has that been for you? Because you guys were both working in some, you know, you were working apart. Uh, and then you embark, adjustment. yeah, embark on this journey together. <laughs> big adjustment. Because, Leslie, you know, you may relate, and I'm sure you will, Roxanne, but I got to have a little space. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got to have a little space. My husband started working from home um, about last year, and I was like, yeah, I need, I need to get out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to have a little space. So we're together all the time. Yeah. I mean, all the time. And, you know, I love him with all of my heart. Um, but it's just, you know, we're together all the time. We actually share an office at home now because when we moved from Franklin to Burns, it was a much smaller house than what we had, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But we share an office. Yeah. And then we <laughs> work together all day. And then we live together. So <laughs> there, and even today he said, I'll drive you to the podcast. And you're like, and no. I said, no, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not raining that bad. <laughs> I can do this. I won't wreck the car. But I mean, we, it, it was an adjustment. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is that I couldn't imagine not being at the shop with him. That yeah. That's the the I guess the juxtaposition there like I want to have some space but then we're there together and when he's not there I'm kind of like oh he does a lot I didn't realize how much he does now I have to run the register I have to go check people out and I don't want to do that that's his job exactly um well Karen one thing I also wanted to ask you about um this is something that we bring up on um the show quite a bit, which is our Southernisms, which is where we, you know, kind of compare where other people, you know, have come from and what it's like living in Tennessee. And you have such a, you know, big story. I feel like you bring a whole new piece to this. And so coming from growing up overseas to, I mean, moving to Franklin and then now into Burns, what would you say have been the biggest culture shocks for you? Or something you didn't have that you loved now yeah. coming into maybe Tennessee yeah. that you didn't expect to love? Yeah. I think that the biggest change that I saw immediately was all the land, the greenery. Mm-hmm. When we first, when I first moved to Tennessee, you know, of course, I was living in Florida at the time because that's where my dad ultimately retired. Very flat. And then you come up to Tennessee, very green, lots of hills, lots of windy roads. Yeah. Lots of windy roads. Um, and so that was, a, that was a bit of an adjustment. I think um, people are extremely friendly for the most part, you know. I think very welcoming and friendly, which is, you know, super nice. Um I do think there's a little bit, you know, small town, everybody wants to know everything about you. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit, <laughs> that's, a, that's a little odd for me, you know, because I mean, I've actually had customers that just like, you know, when we first got our house in Burns, we'd have customers and I know they meant well and all, but they'd say, well, we're just going to pop up and see you sometime. And I'm kind <laughs> of like, oh, yeah. Okay, and then I told my husband, we need a gate on the property. <laughs> we need a gate. We need a camera. <laughs> yeah, so we did all of that, Leslie. <laughs> That's we did wonderful. all of that. We did cameras, gates, everything. Do you have and the chime? Do you have, like, little chime? My, my mother-in-law installed a, a, they have, like, a long driveway. They put a, a chime at the very base of the road. Oh. So when a car drives up, if oh, someone's no, even thinking of coming in, yeah. she knows. Oh, yeah, no, I need the chime. <laughs> it rings a bell. Yeah, no, I need the chime. But we we put the, you know, the, the black horse fencing around all the front of the property, and we put a gate up. And it's just, it's not that I don't want to see people, but... It's just that sort of took me by surprise. And people would say, oh, yeah, they'll just come by. and." I mean, every day we have somebody just roll into our driveway. And I'm like, who is this? And he's like, oh, so-and-so, you know, just stopping by. And I'm like, just stopping by. Like, I mean, and I'm from the South, so, you know, this is normal. But I can see why it would alarm somebody who's who's not. Yeah. And and so that, you know, that's kind of different because, you know, like I was telling you earlier, Leslie, on your 
podcast, the last one, and you talked about being a homebody and all that stuff. <laughs> so if I'm at home, I mean, it may not look great when you pull up. Like, I might be in just the scrubbiest pants and the loosest yeah. shirt because I'm just, you know, That's trying to safe place. Yeah. yeah. And I might be sitting on the porch working on social media stuff or placing orders and God knows, you know, no makeup, no nothing. And somebody pulls up for like, you know. So. See, I, that's when I run inside and I duck. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would do. I hide. I would. I would. Anytime I get the like the little ring thing that says, oh, yeah, there's someone at your front door. I'm like. Nobody moves. <laughs> My so, dogs are going crazy, but which, I'm like. Which is crazy because I think like for me, um. The neighborhood that I moved from, I could imagine, you know, those homes were built in the 50s. So, like, in the 70s, there was, like, kids running around and neighbors coming out and talking and hanging out. And, like, I miss that part of, I think, life and just community and neighborhood. But then, yeah, the second my doorbell rings, I want no part of that. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) I'm out. I mean, when I'm at the shop, I mean, I just get so excited when somebody pulls up. It's not even relevant to me, and it never has been relevant to me about, you know, are they going to come in and spend X amount of dollars? Yeah. It's just the fact that they thought enough of the store that they wanted to stop and come in. And I, I mean, obviously, as a small business, we are in it to try to sell product, but that's not anything that we're, you know, it's that's not our number one thing. Our number one thing is we want to welcome people in. Everybody come in. Everybody is welcome. We want them to feel like, you know, we want them to be there because we do. And we want them to, we try to find enough in various price points that there's something literally for everybody. Mm -hmm. But again, at the end of the day, when you go home or you have a day where you can work from home, you You're know, like, I'm peopled out. I just, I'm peopled yeah. out. I'm peopled out. <laughs> Tell my I, husband I'm touched out. <laughs> Yours can be, I'm peopled out. Yeah. And I mean, I, and I, I love seeing everybody, but definitely, you know, when, when that was said to me, it was, you know, early on when we were first opening, you know, like, oh, we'll get people, we'll, we'll come by and see you guys and hang out with you. And I remember just, you know, what? Instant <laughs> panic. Instant <laughs> panic. <laughs> I don't really know what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> um, with the store, is there one product? Well, first, actually, two questions. One, I want to know what is like one of your best sellers in the store. I would say number one best seller. Jeez, we have a lot of good sellers. I would say really anything in the kitchen area just generally does well. People love a kitchen, and they even if they don't cook, they love all the little spoons, all the little bowls. Um, our Mason Cash bowls from England actually do very, very well. They were they're always on the Great British Baking Show. The royal family has them in their kitchen. I'm it's coming in today. Maybe it's good enough for them. I feel like, you know, if Charles can use it, Kate so can will. We. So can we. We can so feel can royal we. today. Yes. And they're, they're really a great price point, yeah. and they're very durable bowls. So, you know, I would say those are a number one seller. We have, um, you know, candles always do well. Bath products do well. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's just, I think that can kind of fluctuate, but I would definitely say kitchen items do really good, for sure. Well, and for anyone who has not been to the store, your store, your kitchen area is so amazing because you have, like, a mock kitchen in yeah. there. You have, it looks like you've got this, the farmhouse sink, you've got the pink refrigerator, you have the stove. I mean, it's set up to look like a real kitchen, but it's merchandised. I think that's the first time I've ever seen that in a store, and I thought it was so cool the way you've done it. Thank you. Um, And also, the other thing about you, Karen, that I love is that you know the story behind every single product that you carry. For example, like those Mason Cash Bowls, you know 
the whole royal, you know, <laughs> royal story behind it. And then when I came in looking for a pepper mill, you sold me the highest <laughs> end, yes, pepper <laughs> mill that I will probably have for 200 years in my that's family. Gonna, yeah, it's going to be passed down. <laughs> because Peugeot pepper mills, their claim to fame is all the best chefs in the world have Peugeot. Yeah. So we don't want to not have Peugeot in our kitchen, do yeah. we? Not? No. We don't want I that. Have, okay, y'all have it. Apparently, I need to come in and get it now. <laughs> you like, need to come and get it. I think you have to break my husband because that he loves buying the kitchen stuff. Oh, oh there so, you go. Yeah. I'll have to yeah. Well, that's a funny thing that you said your husband in the kitchen because we'd have a lot of husbands that would say, like, oh, there's nothing in there for me. And then Dan would always say, well, do you grill? Do you cook? And they're like, oh, yeah, I love to cook. We take them in the kitchen and, I mean, some of the men go wild in there because yeah. they want the cast iron skillets. They want the Peugeot salt. <laughs> yes. They want the seasonings. They want all the stuff. So. And then the wives can't get the husband out of the <laughs> exactly. store. Exactly. Or they've blown the budget on like, kitchen stuff and you don't get to like, spend yours. Honey, what did you do? <laughs> well, there's nothing else left. It's just that done. The other really cool thing is your whole outdoor area and the she shed that you've done. Now, that was... That was like a work in progress in the beginning, right? It was, and it kind of still is. Yeah. So we um, we created the she shed, which was a small building, and it had a porch on it. Um, the porch just thing didn't really work out with the Tennessee weather, <laughs> so we ended up taking the porch off and enclosing in the whole space. So it's actually heat and cooled now, which we did that last year, um, or I would say earlier this spring or something. But we did heat and cooled. So we have the ladies' apparel out there, decor, bath, candles, is what's out there right now. And we just retiled it back in uh, January. So it's newly tiled, heat and cooled. It made it where we could keep clothing out there and bath and candles and things like that. Behind that, we have our potting shed, which is one of my favorite places. It's small, but it has all kinds of cute garden things so it looks like it's out of a fairy tale it's, it's adorable. very cute it's yeah. one of my favorite spots yeah we have two pavilions and we just started carrying summer classics outdoor furniture which is a very high-end but very beautiful and amazing outdoor furniture line they do rugs outdoor pillows different styles of outdoor furniture and the most recent addition is our pots we have frost-resistant, handcrafted, pottery, giant pots that you can plant your flowers and herbs and trees and different things in. And once you put these things somewhere, you don't really want to move them. That's why they're frost-resistant. <laughs> they're pretty heavy. <laughs> they're pretty heavy. Not taking those inside. You're not going to run around moving those. So you kind of have to figure out where you want them and plant them, and then they're, they're good to go. Um, but we are going to be adding some new furniture pieces out there. Um, and we're trying to figure out next steps for, you know, kind of behind the she shed in the gravel area. So we have some ideas and, you know, hopefully early January, February, we'll have some ideas about what we're going to do with that. Well, stay tuned for yeah, that. And for I'm sure. so excited also for the upcoming Christmas. Yes. Because... You decorate the store so beautifully, Thank and you carry the cutest stuff for Christmas. So, um, uh, Karen, thank you so much thank for you. being on the podcast thank you. today. Thank you, Roxanne. Um, thank you. Roxanne has been so excited to have you yes. in. Oh, I, just love <laughs> I can't rave about the, the shop enough. Um, <laughs> well, I thank you so much. It's an incredible opportunity. And, Leslie, it was so fun to meet you. And we're you just, as well. We're so very similar. Yes. <laughs> So, Karen, one last thing before you go. Yes. Where can people find you? How do they shop? Okay. All, all the things. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We are located at 2100 Highway 96 in Burns. Burns is small. So, if you get off I-40 West coming from Nashville, you take exit 182. We're about five or six miles straight on Highway 96, right next door to the Dollar General Store. Mm -hmm. We also have a website, Moss and Embers, all spelled out, all one word, dot com. We have Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, it's Moss and Embers TN. And on Facebook, it's just Moss and Embers. Perfect. Well, thank you again. Thank, thank you. you so much. <laughs> I recently just found out 
not recently, 20 minutes ago, <laughs> from Roxanne, that she doesn't eat egg in her potato salad. Like, she didn't know that that was a thing. I did not. I've never had egg in my potato salad, ever. So I was on, uh, I follow Southern Living, and they posted, you know when you have, you know you have a Southern grandma if you have had egg in your potato salad. And so I was looking at the comments, and people were like, oh, it's a staple. Can you have it any other way? No. And I was like, <laughs> I have, but. <laughs> but you need the egg. I've always had it without egg. And, and I think maybe the difference is, like, my side of the family is part German. So they make the German potato salad, which is they use, like, the red potatoes I don't like and they'll put like the the red onion in it and there's there's a lot more dill and like there can be a little bit more of a vinegary taste Mm -mm. to it so that's what I grew up on and I never I don't really particularly like the German potato salad I like just kind of regular potato salad just you know lots of mayonnaise and all that stuff but I've never had it with the egg. Oh, my gosh. My mom would make it growing up, and it would be, like, fresh and warm from where the potatoes were warm, and everything was mixed together, and, like, warm potato salad is the best potato Mm -hmm. salad, and that just the egg. I didn't know that people didn't have, because I feel like, well, maybe not. I guess it's, like, usually the conversation is, are you a mayonnaise kind of potato salad or a mustard potato salad Mm -hmm. you know we use a little bit of both okay that that was gonna be my question because i i the potato salad i've had and the potato salad i've made always has the mustard and the mayo i really the only ingredient probably missing is the egg that's probably the only difference yeah hmm I didn't know that was, like, I didn't know that people didn't eat it like that. <laughs> it's just such a staple here. It is. <laughs> I don't know. Things are a little different here in Tennessee, so the way that they make things are are different. Would you say, like, food-wise, Tennessee compared to South Carolina is very different? I know yeah. we talked about the cornbread. Mm-hmm. Um, Barbecue's different. Even from South different. Carolina mm-hmm. to Tennessee? Coleslaw's a little different. Really? We eat everything with rice. I feel like people don't eat rice here. We eat grits with every breakfast. I feel like um, people don't eat grits here, and if they try to serve you grits, it's not the same. I don't know what they put in it, but it's not the same. (laughs) Or they'll give you cream of wheat, and they'll call it grits. You've never had cream of wheat? No, because I grew up on cream of wheat. Yeah. But... But I never knew that people considered it grits. Yeah, like they there was a restaurant we went to for breakfast, and it's, I want to say it's here in town. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they gave me cream of wheat, and they were calling it grits. And I looked at my husband, and I was like, this is not, these are not, this is cream of wheat, and I don't like cream of wheat. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. I actually really like cream of wheat, but I remember my mom used to make it, like she would pour a little bit of, just a little bit of milk in it, and then add Sugar. Sugar. Yeah, and so I don't like the sweet. I like the salty, buttery grits. Oh. Mm. And I've had grits here. Like, cream of wheat definitely is not that. I oh, can agree with you different. there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so crazy. That's, that's bizarre. Mm. No, they don't pass. That doesn't pass. <laughs> Even for a non-Southerner, I know that that doesn't pass. Yeah. Mm. Things are different. What about counter offers this week, Leslie? Well, <laughs> I can I can tell you what I came up with for mine. Yeah, go for it. So now that I am um, in the phase of my life where I am pregnant again, I'm remembering all the things of what it's like to be pregnant, um, all the joys, but I also remember all the things you can't do when you're pregnant. <laughs> There's a list. There's a lot. Um, although I am still eating soft cheeses. And, I didn't and know you weren't supposed to. You're not supposed to do that, and you're not supposed to eat sushi, which I kind of get, but I'm not going to be buying sushi from a gas station. Like, I'm going to have good sushi. You don't want the Kroger sushi? I actually never tried it. and it's that guy Don't look, do it. Well, the guy looks legit behind the counter, but he's not. Oh. Don't do it. Okay. Because <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> yeah. You'll end up sick, I promise. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Ew. Okay. Um, 
So this is a really vain one, but um, I, I noticed recently it was time for Botox, my little sprucing up, and I remembered I can't do that being pregnant. So my counter offer is <laughs> they need to come up with a pregnancy safe Botox, or if it's not an injectable, if they could come up just with something that helps because your skin goes through so many changes when you're pregnant. One day you're oily, the next day you're dry. And like if without Botox or without something helping you out, all my work is going to be undone from the, the past five years <laughs> and all the wrinkles are going to come back. And that's just always been my one little thing. I know a lot of people don't care about Botox and it's to each their own, but for me, I like doing it, and I just wish they would come up with a pregnancy-safe Botox or alternative. <laughs> oh, you only have to make it seven months. And That's then a long have... time. <laughs> that is a very long time. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's uh, really... It's I have my appointment fine. on Wednesday if you just want to come and, like, live in the moment. Vicariously yeah. just watch them inject it and yeah. be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the pain. Uh, the pain that we uh, endure. I know. It's worth it, though. And yeah, I'll be going back to it the minute that I can. But in the meantime, you guys will just be seeing me with wrinkles. Do you, do you want me to send like a uh, nurse practitioner into your room, like after you give birth, to inject you before you leave the hospital? That would be fantastic okay. if you could do that. And I'm also, I already told Matt, we're paying for the upgraded room this time. The upgraded room? Yeah. You have to pay for that? Uh, at St. Thomas, you have to pay for their fancy room. And we're paying this time. That was not an option at Vanderbilt. (laughs) (laughs) They don't have the fancy room? No. And my poor husband got stuck on this, like, fold-out chair. It was horrible. Well, St. Thomas wasn't much better. It was, like, a bench with a cushion on it. Yeah. That was pretty much it. No, in the the, uh, fancy room at St. Thomas, you can have, they have, like, mood lighting in there. And they have, like, wood paneling on the walls and all these... Calming. Like, it's it's twice the size. Um, really feel like you can just camp out there for a while. So I'm excited oh, for that. That was not an option <laughs> with any of my children. Man. All right. Speaking of babies and children, my counter offer is we're back to the car rider line. We're back. School is in full bloom, and I'm tired of this car rider line already. But the problem is, in the morning, is people want to drop off their sweet little snowflakes at the front door. And so I feel like every parent should either be, like, ticketed or fined or given this piece of paper that says, please pull up, your child can walk hundred more feet Mm. because what happens is there's 700 kids that go to the school and so instead of utilizing a car rider line that can drop off 12 kids at a time 12 13 kids at a time Mm -hmm. we're only dropping off six at a time so now it's taking me 10 minutes longer to get through this car rider line to drop my kids off so there has to be an alternative somebody's got to be punished (laughs) <laughs> I need these people to just pull all the way up. If you pull all the way up, then we all get to let our kids out. There needs to be some citations. Citations. Like, where, where's Public the officer? Shaming. Yes. I mean, it. I don't get it. Like, your kid can walk, you know? Well, and then there's, like, teachers standing right outside and stuff, right? Like, the kids, mm-hmm. like, kids are being watched, right? Like, yeah. walking up. Like, yeah. no one's just, like, There's probably six or seven talk about willy-nilly do you know at the high school they just like let them go and I get it I was in high school when I was in high school they just dismissed us and we were on our own that's right yeah but it was it was very weird for the first time because my daughter had cheer practice all last week and so Thursday was the first day I got to pick her up and I pull into this line and then all these cars like start there's no real line Mm -hmm. there's just cars pulling up to the front of the school and like all these kids just come out and then they just kind of find their car. And you're just like, where's the adult? What happened? How did we get here? So, anyways. It's such, a, it's such a big jump so fast. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean... Middle school, they don't do that, right? It's like... Yeah, which was a little weird to me, too, because where I'm from, also, we were just... In middle school, it was you just leave, and you find your car, and you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't do that at the middle school here. They call by name. You can't come out until, you know. So... Oh, that's new. Yeah. So, high school, it was... Bye. See you later. Peace out. Yeah. Hope you make it. <laughs> I hope somebody's there to pick you up. And and they're just walking across, like, you know, 70 and, and down the road. Or I don't even think that's 70. Hensley. And they're, and they're just walking. These kids are just walking. And you're just like, where are you going? Where's your mom? <laughs> I'm not ready for that independence, clearly. Oh, my God. Lost chickens walking around. Literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Car rider line. Car rider line. If you enjoyed this episode of The Nashville Darlings, please subscribe and find us on Instagram at The Nashville Darlings.